Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guests and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. Today on the show, we have Troy Stevens. Troy has an incredible way with people and seems to always have a great story to help someone understand a topic, a point, or a situation. He's currently a VP at a tech company in Florida and has been in tech since getting out of the Marines in the early 2000s. We discuss the wisdom he's learned exploring over the years being in the military and tech space about how to best connect with people and manage people. And he shares some funny stories and insights throughout. So let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Troy, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I am great. Buddy, this has been a long ass time coming. Uh, I <laughs> know sure, this yeah. is basically our second swing at this. Uh, we were going to do this a couple of weeks ago, but things have just been crazy for you. So thank you for jumping on, even in the midst of the craziness that I know we've talked about before we hit record. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity to be here, man. I appreciate the opportunity for the conversation. Absolutely. Well, dude, I always love having conversation with you. And typically you and I are having conversation with some sort of adult beverage in our hand or something else (laughs) and enjoying those things. (laughs) Last time we actually hung out, we grabbed some tacos, had great conversation, then ended up on the back porch of my place, just drinking a couple beers and getting into deeper conversation that actually led to us doing this episode. So Troy, why don't you kick us off? Tell us what you do for a living. And one thing that most people don't know about you. I'm a VP of customer experience so in the, with uh, tech companies. Um, that's, that's what I've done with my career for since I've been out of the military, basically. And uh, one thing that most people don't know uh, until they get to know me a little bit better is that I am terrified of bears. <laughs> so uh, why? <laughs> well, I, you know, the truth is, I, I mean, it, it comes up... Uh, started when i was a kid i don't know i just bears scare me but as an adult i you know i can put some words around the feelings and bears are bullshit i mean (laughs) if you think about it like like a giant cat or a you know eat the big lion right what are they going to do they're going to come at you they're going to jump at your throat rip your throat out and you're dead right um what was the the movie revenant showed every person on the planet any person who ever watches that movie why you should be terrified of bears because bears don't want to kill you they want to maim you, they want to break you, and they want to just leave you in a hobbled mess so they have a toy until you know until you eventually die. So I just that just sounds that sounds terrible. It sounds just like torture, just you know, bears. So but as a kid, I mean I would see bears at a zoo and I would like I've just, you know, this undescribed fear of just heart rate kicks up and just man, just scary. Um so, and I've, I've seen a couple in real life uh, on motorcycle trips up to Yellowstone and stuff when I lived in Utah. And just seeing them, I'm like, nope. I instantly can't enjoy my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, that had to have come from somewhere. It's not like you popped out of the womb and you're like, hi, mom, fuck bears. Bears need to go. That's, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, like a phobia that anybody might have, right? So, anything that you, people, you know, I've met people, you have a phobia of spiders. And spiders are fairly innocuous. There are some that are poisonous and they're bad, but you know, 99% of the spiders you run into are not going to be a thing, but people are terrified of them. So I don't, unfortunately, I don't have a unique story where like, Hey, I was at a zoo. I fell into a bear enclosure and won't beat <laughs> the crap out of me. You know, my dad had to jump in and say nothing do like it. that. That would definitely do it. I, I wish I had a good, uh, a good story behind it. It's also why not a ton of people know that because I don't have a good way of describing or explaining it. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, you know, it's just, there's just something about them. Uh, I sure. mean, now where some of my friends have taken this to an extreme is a, a good buddy of mine, uh, got had, you know, one of those once in a lifetime opportunities to go Kodiak bear hunting in Alaska was able to, after their 10th day was able to, you know, was able to get a bear and ended up, having it stuffed and had it delivered it took a year um and then it got delivered we, we'd hang out all the time got delivered right like right in the midst of covid and so we're having house parties not really going out and then he gets this kodiak bear delivered and i mean even stuffed i could i there's a couple pictures i have next to it and i've had to use it to face my fear 
but I, we, I didn't, I stopped going to their house. We stopped being friends for like two or three months. I didn't go over there anymore. And then if I did, I would always just go around the back of their house. We'd hang out by the pool and I wouldn't go inside. Man. Something about bears. They're just terrifying. <laughs> I mean, when you talk about them just kind of kicking your ass, kicking you around and just manipulating your body parts. That's uh, pretty dark. <laughs> that's a, like right yeah, right. That's an in- interesting way to put it, but for sure, right. And it's, I, I think it's, you know, I can kind of correlate it to my desire to, I guess, say control, right? Being able to control mm-hmm. my environment, and and bears are just one of those things. If there's something big that just comes and kills you, you're dead, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. But a bear, you know, they're most of the time they're not just gonna aggressive. They're gonna show themselves. They're gonna be like, hey, this is my space. And it's not like you can be like, cool, I'll leave your space. They're like, nope, (laughs) I'm going to come and I'm going to destroy you. Um, I'm going to beat you up and take you back to my cave. Like that's, uh, I think another good movie, you know, without a paddle while they took the funny side of it as, you know, where Revenant took the evil side of it. You know, they took the fun. It's still terrible, terrible. Bears are just worst. (laughs) Bears kind of open up um, the rest of this conversation because that thing, whatever that phobia, whatever that, problem is you think about your buddy who has no problem with it at all to the point where he went and killed one and was like well, i want you to stuff shit into that and then send it to me Man, in he, 12 he, months he wants to go back with the and go with the spear so he went rifle and he's like or no it was bow he went with a bow and he's like honestly he's like i even feel like that was cheating and he's like i think if i'm gonna go face a bear again he's like i need to go with the spear and that's as close to, and I'm like, man, if you're going to be a real man, go bare hands, you know, like, no way. <laughs> Don't get your buddy killed. <laughs> <laughs> he, he brought a bear home. Of course, you know, he deserves it. No, it's, uh, but yeah, no, there, there's, you know, like, like anything else, right? A bear can, you can translate that into any fear or any type of thing that holds us back from, I don't think my fear of bears have really held me back from a lot of activities I want to do, sure. but you know, but uh, yeah, well, you but, also yeah. live in Florida where uh, bears don't normally come out and hang you out. Know, I thought that. And then we're cruising around and there's signs. You get up to like just past New- Newport, Richie, you go up to Witchy Watchy in that area. Black bears. There's black bears. Yes, that kind of makes sense. I'm used to like the beachy area, Tampa, Clearwater, where we have bears, but they usually hang out in clubs and hit on people. <laughs> right. And that's uh, that's also why I live in St. Petersburg, right? That uh, I want to be there. There's not downtown St. Pete does not have a lot of black bears running around. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. A couple bears fans, but that's about it. And that's and there's only like two. <laughs> exactly. They're they're all converting to Tampa Bay Bucks fans at this point. That's right. Who is it? I mean, come on. I mean, uh, yo, I'm a Philly fan, and I, I hated Tom Brady for the longest time, only for the reason that he took a Super Bowl away from us. He really True. didn't. He just they just beat our asses, and Donovan was kind of drunk, and To was a diva. But that's a different story. <laughs> and he was on point. I mean, look, when the goat shows yeah. up, you know, you want a bear, but you didn't have one. <laughs> you know what? But let's think about it this way. Here's here's the saving grace for Tom Brady. Like it yeah. fucking matters to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy who beat him, the team, but the leader of that team who beat him, his name was Nick. So I'm good with that. Yeah, that works. <laughs> and my dad, you know, my dad's from Pennsylvania, right? So, I, I mean, I grew up a Steelers fan. I grew up, uh, you know, it's Pittsburgh Pirates. I, you know, I, it's all mm. it's all Pennsylvania love. But, um, you know, I, and I've lived so many different places now. You know, I've lived in Seattle and I've... Yeah, I was down in LA and I've been out to, you know, I've lived in Nevada, which now you got the, they've got the Raiders. Um, <laughs> now they do. And I lived in Baltimore. Now being a Steelers fan, living Ooh. in Baltimore, living in inner city Baltimore, that was a, that was a rough time. There, you, I, there was one time I walked out with the Jersey and that oh. night my car got broken into. Of course. So like it was, yeah. And I lived, I mean, I lived, I don't know, a mile away from the stadium downtown. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, it was, uh, it loved a lot of and being down here, being, you know, with the bucks, it's, uh, it's, it's fanfare kind of fun, but, uh, you know, oh, uh, yeah. it's black and yellow. Let's go steal. <laughs> Screw your black and yellow. We're, we're bleeding green here. So <laughs> on a different topic, let's actually jump back a little bit. Give us some context. So you've lived in different areas, 
you're now in Florida. You've been here a number of years, but take us, take us back a little bit. Where did you come from? How were you raised? And basically what led you to where you're at now? Oh man. Whew. Going back. All right. So I, I mean, I was I'm born in Utah. Um, at the time, my dad was still in the military. So he was, he was army. He was in the artillery, um, airborne artillery, still one of the funniest things I ever thought of. Just drop a cannon out of a plane and then you just jump out with it wherever you land set up and start blowing stuff up. Right. Um, so I was born in Utah. My dad was stationed in Alabama. Uh, so I was in Utah for like two weeks. My mom was visiting family, went to Fort Rucker, Alabama there till I was six and then back to Utah. Uh, I'm the baby of six kids. And you know, that, that has its relevance a little bit, I think in, in my life story, um, one being the baby, you know, we get, all the we, we we get all the love and all the attention according to my siblings right <laughs> um but uh but really it's you know it, it gave it's the unique perspective that you get coming from a large family utah is predominantly lds um and my parents at the time when i was born were active in that uh religion lds mormon church um but by the time i was I don't know, four or five they kind of stopped going to church. So the whole religious aspect of what that, you know, the culture that I grew up in was kind of shielded in a sense, you know, my parents always raised us and it was, the conversation was, it doesn't matter what someone believes, where they're from, as long as they're not trying to cause you harm or trying to hurt you, then love, accept them and move forward. And it was an interesting perspective to, to be raised with, because when you're raised, I don't know, don't know if you spent a lot of time with heavily Christian based groups that believe that they're what they what and how they do is right. Uh, acceptance is usually one of the most challenging things to get to get. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, I so grew up there, grew up in Utah, and I've always just had kind of a gypsy soul. Um, hmm watching my older siblings kind of go through life oldest brother's about 10 years so that's the spread uh so watching them go into the traditional world of you go to college you know for you know it was go on a mission come home go to college get married have babies put money into a 401k buy a house live there for 30 years pay it down and retire and that was you know that's kind of my dad grew up in the sticks of pennsylvania and so he grew up without money and he was, you know, had kind of worked his way through life and challenges to kind of get into that, you know, middle-class kind of space. And, and he bought a house and worked his job, clocked in Monday through Friday, nine to five. And Saturday he took care of his yard. Sunday he watched football. Monday he went back to work, you know? <laughs> so it's that, uh, you know, present absentee dad kind of scenario. Mm. Uh, so just, I would say watching that and watching my siblings go through that, uh, one of the things I used to say as a kid all the time is that you know, grownups always look miserable. <laughs> you know, it's as the, as the responsibility kind of stacks on and, and you've got all these things that you have to take care of all this responsibility. It uh, you know, it weighs on you as a person and especially as a man, right? We're still raised in that concept of, you know, no matter what you do, you have to be a provider. You have to. Mm -hmm. You have to provide. You have to take care of it. Is your, it is your role, your responsibility to be the person in your as whatever family you go on to create that you have to take care of everything. Um, and and so it was seeing that, just seeing people miserable. It was just it just didn't speak to my soul. So <laughs> my wonder lost my my wonder wonder lust right uh, was very 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 prevalent as a kid. And I've always been insanely outgoing. So very much the detriment. If I was born now, I, <laughs> I would be kidnapped instantly. Like I just, cause I would, <laughs> I, I would just wander off with people. I, I mean, I, there, there were times we'd go on family vacations and I would just be gone and I'd disappear. And I, I, you know, I always found my way back, but I would just take off. Like you guys seem interesting. And I would just walk and listen to their stories and, and talk to people. And my mom's chasing me around, you know? Um, 
you still that, do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I do. Yeah. Now I'm just a little bit bigger and I can kind of, I can keep myself. It's easier to see you. Where's a six foot five guy. It's talking to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot taller. I'm like, Hey, I'm over here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. You know, doing that, living in a place, Utah is a, is such a unique place. Um, tell people for years, it's, it was a bubble that was anywhere from two to five years behind kind of the rest of the world. Um, and you know, I go back to visit, I got a lot of family there. Feels pretty much the same way. Um, get there and it just, it's almost like you've just kind of dropped back a couple years in time. Um, and it didn't really sink in until I started moving and leaving in the state. Um, but, uh, since I've been 18, I've had, uh, 60, I'm in my 61st address, uh, right now. Um, uh, and an, an example, I mean, I've been in Florida for five years now and we've had eight, eight addresses and we're gearing up here in the next couple of months. We'll probably be moving again. <laughs> so yeah. moved around a lot. Um, I mean, it's, I haven't really touched base on a lot, but it's, I don't know, as we talk about, if I think to expand on, on my life, it just, you know, there's so there's 40 years to unpack. Right. Sure. Um, I would say one of the key things though. Yeah. I'll I'll say one of the key things. I I will say this, that something that was said as a kid, um, sitting on the, on the bed of a truck, hanging out with a friend in a driveway. Um, you know, it's a, uh, and we, we'd smoked a little bit as a kid. And I still remember just saying, you know, all the old people that I've talked to, even then, and you talk to people now, it's what do they regret? When they're dying, what's their regret, you know? And it's a, and people, you know, you hear the phrase, like you, you regret all the things you didn't do. Um, and, uh, and at the end of the day for me, it was, I didn't want to be 60, 70, 80, 90 and not have a story. Hmm. So I had kind of made a promise to myself as a kid that, you know, I was, I was even watching, you know, at 13 and 14, I was seeing my 24 year old brother going through school to get his PhD and just, he didn't look happy. And I'd try to talk to him like, well, Hey, what did you do? Like, what's going on? Like you're doing this super cool PhD stuff, like doing the super cool stuff. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, it's just a thing. It sucks. So I made a promise that I'd, I'd be kind of like a yes, man. I, I would want to live life to be able to have a story to tell. Um, and at the end, and then just in the core of that was, but also try my best to be a nice person, to people. Like, have a good story to tell that has a positive message or that not anything like, Oh, we're going to go change the world. But is, you know, it's try to do no harm, try to leave things better than where you started, where they started. Um, and when they came into your existence and that's my goal. And I love that you, um, you naturally just like to talk to people and want to learn and hear other people's stories. You and I joke about the stories that we tell because we know that mm-hmm. stories help you sell things. They help you kind of get the point across a lot easier. Psychologically, it just makes sense to people. They eat things in stories. They're like, oh, I get this. Great. I can run with this thing. I love yep. that you are one of those people that can just talk to anybody and you're open to have those conversations. My brother's the same way where he'll just kind of wander off and he's like, Hey, I met these people. They do these things. And there are a <laughs> lot of people in the world that don't ever allow themselves to be able to do that. Right. Like they don't even look up when people are walking by where you typically sure. look to see like, Hey, is somebody looking at me? Are we going to fucking talk? Are we going to have a conversation? <laughs> I, I, I know that you have lived all the years of this life that you've been on this planet. And so you have stories, you have stories and you have perspectives and things that I could, I could not fathom or understand. And I want to hear them because I think it's, I'd, I'd love it. I mean, a, a fun one. I, this is, this is a fun story that happened recently, right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is just, we're, we're getting, uh, we're getting a hot tub for one of our rental properties and found a hot tub. Someone was given away for free, reach out to the person. And like anything else in Facebook land, right? You put something and you get a thousand messages, right? This guy just kind of randomly scrolls through, scrolls through and picked, he, I think he picked 
my message because my Facebook profile has some uh, like whiskey barrels in the back that I had bought one day and like turned them into dartboards. And, and I had a question that wasn't just like, Hey, is it available? Right. I just asked if it was 110 or 220. And short, the short of this story is go to pick it up. Two different groups fail to come and help me get it that I that contracted that to, to show up while talking to the guy. He's having a barbecue event that happened last Saturday that we got invited to. That was like his birthday party. So Claudia and I, I went, I smoked a brisket and a pork shoulder and went and showed up at the party and just 70 people we don't know at a meat fest that I've, you know, that this guy has been doing, he's called you know, deemed his meat fest that he's been doing for seven years for his birthday <laughs> and made a new friend. And so they're, they're planning on coming out to the beach with us in one of these days. And it's just, and the stories that we got to listen to while we were there were fantastic. We met a bunch of people that, you know, just good people. That guy does tile work. So he, he's probably going to end up doing some tile work on our remodel or a bathroom and awesome from picking up a free hot tub, you know? Yeah. But it's really from you stepping out and doing that thing. So one of the things about the show and the people listen to the show, they're, they're like you and I, they're ambitious, they're doing things, but they're working to be better at what they're doing. And in certain ways, they're working to not be as bad as they were the day before. So I think that's one of the right. big lessons for people to be able to take is just take that first step. Some of it's just the action of going to do that thing. But what is it, if you had to kind of encapsulate that and share that with somebody, what sort of advice would you give to somebody to be able to kind of have that skill? You know, I, I some of the stuff, you know, I, I'll relate, you know, I relate a lot with the, with the question. Um, my, you know, my wife is an immigrant from Mexico. And you know, came here after college, wasn't, uh, she's, you know, being, being my age, being 40, you know, computers, she didn't see a computer until she got to college and mm-hmm. uh, just, that's where she grew up. Um, and she got her degree in industrial engineering and just, you know, people have, have never really been her forte. It's never been, you know, she's just, you know, people are always just, oh, no, no, no. And, and we, we talk about it a lot as a skill or a, a thing. And, and maybe if I, if I boil it down to a skill, it would just be to give it a chance to be open. Mm-hmm. The, the truth is that everybody, well, I can't say everybody, right? The, no, you know, platitudes of everybody, but most people want to connect. Most people want to tell a story, be heard, be valued, know that, that their thoughts and their existence matters. And a big way that that happens is somebody listens. So it's the, you know, when you think, oh, I should say hi, I don't want to. And then all of the secondary thoughts come in as to what you, why you shouldn't, and they don't care. There's no reason. And then all those questions come out. If just speak and say hi, then your brain has to shut down all of that second guessing. And so one of those are one of the exercises that I've worked gone through with actually my wife in, in that concept of making friends is, mm-hmm. and I would say, well, as listeners, we all know as an adult, <laughs> making friends is just weird, right? It's a, it's a <laughs> weird experience, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> because you're just like, yeah, you've lived for, you know, however many years you've been alive. Like why should, you know, we should just hang out, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, that, that idea just to open up and say hi and be, open to the to a response and if you're proven right then guess what you just get validated that you're that you were right but when you're proven wrong you get to hear a story and that's and 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 from that that connects to me that connects to almost all people as well is to hear a story hey how's it going but no for real like how's your day just one crazy thing about the day and people are like, oh, I don't know. well, you know, here's what's going on. <laughs> and some yeah. people be like, I don't know you. I don't want to talk to you. Right. You know, and I, and I, I wouldn't say necessarily to just go running up to strangers on the street. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you have that, I should say, hi, do it. And that's, and that's a part of that, you know, that first step, right. It's kind of the, you know, building habits, all the extra, uh, you can read so much about how to, how to win friends and influence people and do this and do that. 
I always just boil it back down to the core of everybody is actually pretty cool. And so like they, they are interesting and you're an interesting person. I'm, you're interesting. I'm interesting. Everybody is. We've all seen just crazy, crazy, crazy things. So say hi and see what happens. Um, and that's, and I think that more people will be surprised at the more of the kindness. Um, and then I, you know, then I can take it into when you're getting thrown a ton of hate, kill them with kindness. And I, mm. I put a post on, on Facebook today that I've just got a slew of hate about. And from it, talk to two people who are now trying to uh, have do work, do business together. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, you suck. You're these, these, and this. And I hear the worst kind of person. I'm like, yeah, hey, that's cool. What do you do for a living? <laughs> and so I don't know, like it's being open. And that's, I think that's an extreme level of it, but boiling it all back down to that one piece of advice is be open to your own curiosity and say hi when you think about it. Yeah. That's such an awesome thing, man. I actually, um, I subscribe to what I call the rule of three, that if something pops into my mind, like you should go talk to this person. And the first time I might be like, meh, I don't want to brush it off. Second time it comes back. I'm like, I know you came here before, but I told you no. And the third time (laughs) it comes back, I'm like, all right, I should do something with this. I kind of think of that as a little bit of a God nod, but that's whatever way we want to look at it. You know, if something comes back to you a couple of times, that's a, a reason for you to go do it. And it seems like you've actually done that a lot to the point, maybe not that specific three, but you've done mm-hmm. that to the point where now it's just part of your body and it's ingrained where you're looking for those things. Right. And I, and I, and I would say, I, I heard a, I heard a quote the other day. Um, and I, and I, unfortunately I went meant to actually go write it down and note who it came from. So this is not from me, but <laughs> it talks about like a, a good way to look at the human mind is, you know, it's just a forest and the habits, you know, when we go through thought electricity, you know, it, it tries to go through the path of least resistance. And if you think about a forest, if you go hiking, you think about getting out into nature, you, you know, if you go, you can see where there's a clear path and then there's just forest. Mm-hmm. We're creating new habits. What we're deciding to do is to kind of cut through the habits don't, don't take the road always traveled. Don't take that path that is you know, something that we know we need to fix because we know where that path goes. We've got to start cutting a new path. And if we only go there once or twice, what happens, right? The path gets overgrown. Mm-hmm. But if we continually go there, then it becomes the path. And the scary part about it is you don't know for sure where it goes. But I do think that the habit, I, that I have formed the habit of being open to people. So. There's still, I still have my reservations, especially now as, a, as an older man, you can't just go randomly talking to everybody, right? Um, you know, as a kid, it was a lot easier. I just, hey, you know, and then it was more like it was weird for them to be talking to me, you know, not the other way around. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it just, I, it has, it is to form that habit of being comfortable with that stage of being of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But then it, that uncomfortable becomes comfortable. It's, I'd rather, ask the question, say hi, and have the chance of a story, then not say anything and know for fact that I won't get one. Yeah. Uh, You never know who you're going to connect with. You know, you never know what's behind that face. Somebody could have a story that just really relates to you, but if you never actually step into that conversation, you have no idea. And I think what you're talking about there is like the reps, where like you do that so many times that it's just part of what you do. But it's interesting because there's also like I remember being in your office because Troy and I used to work together. Um, I was in your office. And at one point you're like, yo, dude, I can't do what you do. You take all these no's and just bullshit with sales. And I don't want to do any of that. I was like, really? Because you basically do that constantly anyway, just by talking to people. So it's some of the story that we tell ourselves of like what you do and what you don't want to do. Even back to the bears. Like, if I told you, yo, Troy, I need you to go into this room. There's a bear in there. You'd be like, fuck you. I'm not going in yeah, there. It's not going to happen. Well, yeah, well, what if happen. it's a little stuffed animal bear, a little teddy bear? Would you? Nope. It might be a different story. <laughs> but just knowing at that point, like, what it actually was, if you yep. knew beforehand, that's a teddy bear, you'd be like, fuck off. Don't screw with me. You know, whatever. I'll go grab yeah. your stupid teddy bear and throw it at you. Yeah, I'll throw, um, you, I'll throw your teddy bear at you. My heart rate might go up a little bit, but I'll still throw a teddy bear at you. Yeah, but if you don't know that, you don't know. So it's the fear of the unknown. 
And I think that's what stops a lot of people, um, even just talking sure. to people in general. So look, as we get older and we try to make friends, that in and of itself can be weird. But now people are working hybrid. They're working from home, but sort of at the office. And some people are changing yep. jobs. So you're relatively new at the position you're in, but you have new people that are coming through. And how do you guys manage that? And how do you help your team kind of manage their mindset through that? Ultimately, as I go throughout, as, as I actually look back on my career and some of the things that I've that I've tried to tackle and, and the, my perception and, and my perspective has always been, when I say, I say the, the cliche thing of people first. And, but for me, what it means is that I, I really am interested in the story of people. So everybody is motivated differently, right? And when it comes to work and it comes to what we do, and, I, and I've had positions, you know, when we work together where I take over a team, a team of people that have worked together, right? They've worked together for years. Some, in some cases, you know, I have individuals that work for me right now that work for the company for 18 years. They have been here their adult, their entire adult life, first job out of college and work. And this is where they've been. So their entire work experience has always been here and the people that have come in and out of it. My belief, my unique perspective, which maybe not unique, but is that every person, right? We live in just the world and the story in the movie that we're in. And so I, most of my time and how I motivate people is by getting to know them. Because I, there's no way I, I could walk in and I've seen this and I've been part of it where I can walk in and say, look, here's the 10 rules. You follow these 10 rules. You clock in every day. You do these 10 things and that's what you get done. Giddy up. If you don't do it, that's fine. Here's the review. Check mark off. Check mark off. No raise for you and get the hell out. Right. That's one way of that is one way of trying to lead something. Um, my way takes a lot longer because I spend a lot of time just spending time getting to know people. I. I have a couch in my office just hmm. so people can come in, sit down, be comfortable and talk and get involved. And you know, hearing what their story is, is where you know, throughout my years of managing leading people and again, probably a unique thing, being able to lead people in a war where decisions were being made where someone might have to go and die is a lot easier to make a decision where someone might have to go out and send an email or get yelled at by a customer. <laughs> way different. So, so way different scenario, but you can still tackle each of those things with grace because just because that might've been my experience doesn't mean that that's that person's experience, but my comfort level with being able to communicate and listen to the story has, was, has, was, is a lot higher because of those experiences in my world. Yeah. But listening to what people have to deal with, what they're dealing with in their home life, and how they perceive the work that they're doing allows me to kind of cut through and communicate the way that they need to hear a story and, and then tell stories that allow them to hear what they need to do so they can kind of catch the vision and that excitement. Also, you know, a lot of people who have worked for me in the past and I've worked with will also tell you that most of the first person to be like, hey, you need to not be here anymore. Is you're not living up to your potential. You're you're choosing to come to a place that yeah, it's obvious that you're not happy. Let me help you find a place that's different than here. It's scary. It's new, but let me help you find that new place because you have at least here. You know for a fact you're unhappy. There you might have a chance. And it's not that the grass is always greener, but if you're playing in the mud, <laughs> go look for go look for some grass, right? And that's. And that's, and that's just kind of how I've tackled all of my leadership mm -hmm. is doing everything I can to try to understand. And, you know, obviously I can say it now, I could probably go through and find a bunch of past employees and kind of put that out on my resume as my references of, you know, I really genuinely want people to know. And with that, you find the right way to motivate people because mm -hmm. everybody's motivated different. Once you, once you know how to motivate somebody, um, then you know, then it's easy to go through and say, okay, here's the project we're going to work on. And you can, you learn how to work with those, all those personalities. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of to your point earlier when I said, you know, going through all the no's, there isn't, it, it's, it becomes easier for me in the, in the space and the customer experience world that it's not that I won't get yelled at, or I won't get people to say no, but I get a lot more time to get to know a person 
mm-hmm. and get to hear their stories mm-hmm. and they and, and eliminate the walls that way than as much as you do in like that hunter sales role, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's a, you know, I've got to quickly get in and do something. And I, I'm more of the, it's like, Hey, here's the, here's that long game. And that's, you know, my perception, right. From, from a customer experience to a sales. Cause I'm told all the time, I'll do sales. Yeah. I'll do up sales. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think that's where, um, you know, you and I are akin in certain ways where we really like to be able to settle in get to know somebody and have those conversations. I've shifted that mindset, at least in the company that we worked with, at least in my division, to have them understand that it's not just a dial for dollar sort of situation. It's a relationship thing. You need to build the relationship with these people. You need to be real with them. There are certain people where I'm like, yo, I appreciate where you're at. This is not going to be the right fit for you. Let me help you find something different. Similar to like what you've done with different employees. At the same time, if you yep. can, you can connect and you can actually speak with those people and get to a real level. I've seen you done, uh, you've done that with actual employees before. We were joking a little bit before we hit record about sitting in your office, shooting the shit and somebody coming in and be like, Hey, I want to ask you about this thing. And you're like, let me tell you a story. And they're like, I just <laughs> fucking want this answer. You're like, but here's the, the damn story. Answer. <laughs> yeah. And, and that like, story, I know you do, but if I tell you, yeah. <laughs> that story has always led them to figure out, oh, I need to do this thing because of what you said in the story. And you're like, yeah, so what about this? And it would just lead off to them going, oh, I got it. Thanks. And it's almost like they yep. came up with it on their own. I think that's really because you knew those people. Like you actually sat down when you got that job to figure out who the fuck are you? Why do you work right. here? What's your deal? Why do you work here? What motivates <laughs> you? What, will you what, is your, what is your real life like? Right. There's, yeah. there's this work life and, and you'll hear me, you'll hear me say it a lot. I mean, probably when we work together, you probably heard me say it a lot where it's leverage technology to get back being people mm-hmm. because we, we need, you know, despite all the direction that we're going validation connection and everything that we've, all the technology we're building, the idea is to try to build connection and communication. And while it misses the mark in a lot of cases, right. That's the, that's the goal. That's the dream. That's the connection. We want to connect. And sometimes it's that challenge of, you know, put technology down, but, and I, you know, I'm the same person. I'm on my phone all day. Right. I remember when cell phones came out, <laughs> I remember when text messaging first was created and I had, I got a job for a place so I could get a phone and I could send text messages and I was sending like 5,000 text messages a month. That cost you a lot of money at that point. <laughs> right. But that's, and who would you send? Who you have? 5,000 things to say one door to you, you're out of your mind, you know, like that's, that's ridiculous. And it is, I, I think the, the being able to connect with people is in a lot of ways, why my career has taken off and done what I've done without the educational background or, or even the, the, you know, the solid understanding of the technology that we'd work through because it wasn't about it. It did what it did. It's an input output does what it does, period. It either works or it doesn't. It's either online or it's not online. And that's really easy to communicate. Everything else is about, you know, even with technology, the software that we have, it's not about the software. It's about the people who are using the software. So get to know those customers, get to know those people. And if you do, then it's really easy to say, oh, we have this technology. We have this thing that solves this problem. Mm-hmm. And I kind of tackle, you know, self-mastery, right? As we talk about that. That's how I see a lot of things too, is I seek stories to find relatable experiences to validate what I'm trying to accomplish, right? So if I can talk to two people, like you put something out, 50 people can tell you that's the worst thing ever. And it's really easy to be like, oh man, that was terrible. (laughs) But there's also 7 billion people with 7 billion perspectives, right? And, and so it, the idea is that you, know, you start talking to people, you start hearing more stories. Someone's just no or just direct answer. There's so much that's behind that no that it's not a no. It's a story behind all of the mm-hmm. no. It's a story behind the, the bad re- response, right? It could be, you know, like I driving down the road and someone cuts you off. So the next person asks you a question, it doesn't matter. No, I don't <laughs> care who you are. Just, oh, right? I just, just had a bad day. 
So now you're asking me a question. I don't have the time to put the energy into it. But that story is that is, is the piece that answers that for you. So that's what I that's what I kind of look for. And I bring that all into business and kind of all the aspects of my life. So how do you coach the uh, the current staff that you have to be more of that and be more people focused to then produce results? I think part of it, um, you know, I, I would I'd turn around and go through and say, by example, right? And there's plenty of times where that example has, has failed. But as, you know, as I take over a team or I take over a new task and responsibility, the, in a way, it's, it's, it's giving back, right? But it's a, because I'm trying to seek and understand who they are without trying to dictate what happens, even though as a boss, my job is to dictate the flow of, of how the business, how the department runs. I, I then just encourage it. How you've run things in the past. I don't know how you've accomplished things in the past, but here's how I'd like you to try. Let's try accomplishing it this way. Just take 15 minutes and listen. When was the last time that you picked up the phone? When was the last time that you had an employee that felt comfortable calling you because they had a flat tire? And you know, and I use the friend analogy all the time at work. Is you know, a random stranger could pick up the phone and call you and say, "Hey, I have a flat tire. I need you to drop what you're doing and come and come help me out." You'd be like, "Don't know who you are. Like, I have my own life to live. Why are you calling me? How did you even get my number? Like, what? Oh, I talked to Bob. We talked to Frank, and your number was posted on a wall. All right, cool. But if your friend calls you, you're gonna you're gonna turn around and you're gonna go try to find a way to help them." because there's things that are less important, right? And, and so I try to instill that and use, use those stories to go through and explain like, this is what I expect, because if you lead people this way, that's leading people with kindness, leading with openness, and that is what opens doors. That's what changes the entire mood and, and mindset for everybody. And sometimes you know it takes years of practice, I guess, and sometimes it's a little bit more natural but I, you know, it's telling, telling stories and bringing people in and just, and just asking those questions like, Hey, how's your day? We had an employee today. He's just, I, I walked into my office, said, hello. I'm like, Hey, come on in have a seat. He's like, Oh, oh, oh what's going on? How's your day? What's up? Oh, well. And then we got onto a long conversation. His brother just got down here. His brother's a Marine. He's telling me he's got four brothers and it just, <laughs> I learned a lot in 15 so cool. minutes. And, you know, got talking about when his brother was deployed to Afghanistan and where it was. And so it's that person, again, leaves feeling heard instead of feeling shut down. And so they carry that on to the next interaction and the next mm -hmm. interaction. And that's my hope. Right. And that's what I push and I kind of teach. And I and it's more of the time and examples where, you know, almost always it'll be a I'll get that message from a manager from a supervisor, someone who, a director that reports to me that says, I got it. I get it. I, I see. Yeah. Your stories annoy the hell out of me, but I, okay. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I can see the total difference in how everybody behaves and acts now because people are feeling heard and they're feeling valued. And then then it's get to work, you know, <laughs> then, then it's a, here's the project that we've got. Yeah. Now here's the project that we've got. How do we knock it out of the park? And everybody's engaged, not just because they're engaged with the company, but they're also engaged mm. with the team. And I'll, and I'll throw all that back to military, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the military, you go, it is, it's about your team. It's about the squad. It's about the group. It's who you train with. It's, and who you're, you're protecting the people around you. And it can be kind of the same, not that work is the enemy, but that the, the projects are there to overcome. And, mm doing everything, you know, many hands make light work, right? So if everyone's rowing in the same direction, you know, all these cliche things to say, I think the way that we truly get there is through stories and through that communication. You got to be, you got to be a good person. You got to be able to people with other people. Right. I, I love that you've always been able to do that. I actually had a conversation with somebody yesterday who I haven't talked to in I don't know, seven, eight years, something like that. We used to work together at a company years ago. And I remember when he left the company, the owner of the company was sitting right next to him and like hounding him about something and just being a dick about like all things. And this guy at one point 
said something in Spanish and up and walked out. He is in no, by no means Spanish at all. He's whiter than I am. <laughs> and he just stood up, said something in Spanish that was basically like, fuck this, I don't need this bullshit, and walked out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, so when we were talking about it, I was like, man, every once in a while that pops into my head. And he was like, I just remember thinking how much of a jerk he was. Like, this is what the guy was saying about our, our boss and the owner at the time. And how he just didn't care about us at all. And that right. was the point to it. The fact that he felt, as an employee, that the owner didn't care about him at all, just told him right. that none of it mattered. If he had a right. feeling that, look, I care about you at least a little bit, then maybe some bit, of yeah. it would have mattered. But the fact that he didn't, he said in that moment, he was like, I just realized that and thought, well... I don't need this shit and just walked out. And I'm sitting in the cube next to him watching all of this being like, <laughs> and there he goes. All right. Are you, are you taking a break or are you coming back, yeah. sir? You're going to be back yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I could see him in the courtyard walking out, just flipping me off. Maybe that was to somebody else. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you love on people and that you care about people is the reason why you get so much out of people. I saw it with the team that you led when you worked with us before, where those people actually cared and they had more respect for themselves because they knew that they were being respected by the person who led the team. And sure. I've, I've appreciated sitting in some of those meetings. Like I, I wasn't on your team. I yep. was in another team, but our offices are right next to each other. So it was easy just to like round and be like, hey man, you got five minutes of just bullshit. Yeah. And when people yeah, would come sure. in and just to see some of those interactions. So I appreciate that. Troy, I want to ask you, because I ask everybody that's on the show, what's one piece of advice that you would give somebody that's on their path towards self-mastery? Oh, man. Um, you know, it's a, what's, it's a Lion King, right? This is Lion King got it right. More to see than could ever be seen, more to do than could ever be done, right? So the idea of limiting, the idea ever that we have in our minds that all right, I can't get better at this. I can't achieve this. This is this is it. This is where it goes, right? Um, just just remember that there's there's always more to do, more to see, and more to accomplish. And it's just a matter of you know that first thought of I should go say hi. You know, go say hi. Take those opportunities to to interact with people. Be open to the story and be open to yourself. And as soon as you start listening, you know, kind of to what you have to say, just to your own stories, you know, you kind of that first question, let's talk about where you're from. Oh, man. Whew. Now you can really start to think about, like, here's this whole world. And you can be like, man, I barely even scratched the surface, right? I talk about 15 states, three countries, 60 moves from 18 to 40. And I haven't even come close to being, I'm so closed in right mm -hmm. so be open and you know listen listen to that idea that there's more to do and there can be and so if if you're feeling stuck if you're feeling like you're, nothing's working right just take a step back and there is more that can be done there's more that you can do there's more that you can see and it's and it's fantastic man, that is good stuff man <clears throat> i think it's a great lesson for us all to be uh be mindful of and that's a clear growth mindset, because if you're looking at yeah. things of how do I learn from it, how do I grow from it, instead of just the opposite side and being fixed and saying, well, it's not, not for me, I don't want to do these things, it's a matter of taking those steps. So, Troy, I appreciate you being on the show today. Absolutely. I appreciate the time. Appreciate the conversation. It was a good time. Definitely, man. So tell us, uh, where can people connect with you? I mean, you know, social media. Uh, almost all of my stuff is open, right? <laughs> so reach out, say hello. Um, yeah, anything on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all that is there. I guess I'm not on Twitter, maybe with the Elon Musk taking over, maybe it's the time. Um, and then if you're ever in St. Pete, uh, St. Peter, Tampa Bay, you know, look me up, say hello, send a message. Let's go have a drink. Let's go out, have some dinner. Let's go hang out at the beach. Man. Well, even if other people are going to take you up from that, I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> At some point, we will go out and have dinner again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's make it happen. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one.
Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. Have you ever heard the term people over profit? Well, Troy really lives this, and I've actually seen it firsthand. Bring in more profit because of the people's passion for their work. They actually care about what they're doing because they were understood. And life is an adventure in whatever way we want it to be. And I think Troy summed up the conversation really well with just be open to it and explore. So let's take this as a challenge to ourselves. Let's be open to learning about others. Be open to truly being interested in others and their stories. And be open to what incredible people with incredible stories are doing in their version of reality. So what did you think about today's episode? I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topics and what we got into. And if you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. And if you really enjoyed the show, go ahead and share it with somebody that's close to you. I'm sure they'll really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for more info, contact info for Troy, and check out other episodes on themindsetandselfmasteryshow.com, as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in The Mindset and Self Mastery Show, hit enter, and there you go. Thanks again, Troy, for being real, for being honest and vulnerable with us. And thank you to you for being part of this. And one last thank you, I want to thank our sponsors, the Manly Club and the Powerhouse Men Brotherhood. Men, do you consider yourself to be a powerhouse man? The criteria for becoming one is simple. Live with virtue and do good work. You see, a powerhouse man builds his life. He doesn't settle for it. He attacks mediocrity at the root, and that's exactly what we do in the Powerhouse Men Brotherhood. Visit themanlyclub.com for more details. And with that, remember, your mindset matters, and so do you.